For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Well, it's not Tim Weisberg. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I'm filling in for one more day for Tim. But I'm happy to to be here. And um, the weather is a little bit better than it has been um, the last couple of days when I've been here. Uh, boy, it's it's really a lousy summer. I, I've been talking to my neighbors and, and we all agreed that it's just a lousy summer. But at least we don't have the heat here. If you look at across the, the globe, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's increasingly hard to deny climate change. Uh, if you, if you uh, don't believe in climate change, you're welcome to give me a call. But, uh, you know, you, you read about these temperatures in Phoenix and, and El Paso and Death Valley, California, 110, even 120 degrees. And the same thing is going on in Southern Europe, in Spain, in Italy, Greece, uh, the Balkans, and it's going on in the Far East, in, in, in China. Meanwhile, we have flooding in Vermont and flooding in New England. Um, I was um, outside of City Hall on um, Pleasant Street yesterday uh, when, that, that, when that big storm came in around uh, 6.30, actually 5.30, I think, and boy, it was just flooded. I know that that happens all the time, you know, when the um, storm basins get overflown, but everything you read about, about climate change just um, seems like it's, it's just worse than ever. Anyway, good morning, South Coast. Uh, this is Jack Spillane sitting in for, for um, Tim Weisberg. I have a special guest coming in at 8 o'clock this morning. A uh, longtime friend of mine, Brian Frager, who is a, a reporter for a national publication, the National Catholic Reporter, will be here during the 8 o'clock hour. And Brian is going to talk to us about what's going on in the Catholic Church. Brian used to be a reporter for the Standard Times in New Bedford, where he worked as a colleague with, of mine when I was both a reporter and a columnist. And then he worked over at the Herald News in Fall River for many years. And now he's gone to the National Catholic Reporter, uh, uh, a prestigious uh, national publication. And he's reporting on all kinds of issues. Most recently, um, the appointment by Pope Francis of, of uh, 18 new cardinals, uh, 21 new cardinals, I think 18 of whom can, can vote for the next pope. And so there are still a lot of Catholics on the South Coast, even though a lot of the churches have closed. My goodness, just amazing number of churches have closed with the um, the declining um, attendance at at mass. But uh, there's still a lot of Catholics in the area, and so Brian will be here to talk about uh, what the Pope is trying to accomplish with uh, two things: both the new cardinals and the um, 
uh, synod. The, the big uh, synod is like a, a, a council, a meeting of all the uh, church leaders, and it's going to include women for the first time. So if you have thoughts about um, the church's attitudes towards women and what the proper role for women uh, are in the church, you're, you're also welcome to call during that 8 o'clock hour when, when Brian is going to be here. But meanwhile, um, um, the forecast this morning says that the sun is coming out at 9 o'clock. And um, I'm a, a sun person. I don't know if you are, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just sick to death of this summer. I, I think it's been one of the worst summers in, in recent history. I know we've had a few warm days here and there, but, but not enough for me. I, I, I like it when it gets warm midway through June and, and stays warm midway through September. And we really haven't had that kind of weather. Uh, uh, so let's hope that uh, the, the rest of the forecast for this week is supposed to be warm. So let's, uh, let's hope it, it, it stays warm. Uh, so what's on my mind this morning? Uh, I noticed that they were building a new Dunkin' Donuts on off of Route 18, a little ways down from the Dunkin' Donuts that closed a few years ago um, when um, uh, Honeydew came in and took it over. I think that's a Michael Panagakos property. I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Panagakos. He owns all kinds of um, small uh, development sites across the South Coast. And um, I think that Duncan and he uh, agreed not to go forward uh, a few years back, and Honeydew came in. Um, I don't, what do you think of Honeydew versus Dunkin' Donuts? I, I, I personally like Dunkin's a little better. Um, nothing wrong with Honeydew, but uh, Honeydew, um, I think, is the, the, the quality of the product is not quite as good. Myself, um, I try to go to the uh, locally owned uh, bakeries and coffee shops when I can. Um, I live in downtown New Bedford, so I'll go to um, the Green Bean is a favorite of mine. Of course, the Baker, the Baker. If I'm if I'm not washing my weight, is a is a place I go to often. Um, uh, Cafe Apeggio. Those are all locally owned places in the downtown. And of course, those of you who live in Fairhaven have Flower Girls, and and over in um, uh, Dartmouth. Uh, uh, you have Sunrise Bakery, and in the south end of New Bedford, you have Sunrise. But but Duncan is sort of like the standard of bakeries. It's the, the corporate bakeries. I remember when I was a kid. You know, I'm I'm 70 years old, so I you know I I, I can remember when Duncan first started, and uh, it was um, quite the thing uh, to have that fast food uh, donut shop um, uh, open uh, where I grew up on the North Shore all those years ago. And so Duncan uh, looks like they're going to, they are going to build a new shop at the corner of South First Street and Route 18 near where the Mutual Gas Station is. So it's a little further south from where the Honeydew is at the old Duncan location. And they, there was a cinder block building there that they've torn down. And it looks like it's going to be uh, just a whole new... Um, a whole new built from scratch. Duncan's not replacing another building. I assume it will be a drive-through on Route 18. Um, so, 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 do you like Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, uh, or do you or do you like the locally owned places better? Uh, do you think Dunkin' puts out a good product, or do you think it's all uh, uh, fried food and fast food that you can do better without? Um, the coffee is good. I think it's pretty undeniable that the coffee is good at Dunkin' Donuts. This morning, I. Uh, 
the one in downtown New Bedford. I, and that's another thing. The Dunkins are open at 4 o'clock. The, the locally owned places don't start to open until 6.30, 7 o'clock. So, so if you have an early bird job, you, you really are, are dependent on Dunkin' or Honeydew. Um, uh, Dunkin' this morning, I got a, a cappuccino, which is, is my favorite drink um, nowadays. I find it's a little bit lighter than the... Um, uh, the uh, uh, regular coffee, although I like the regular coffee too, but but um, trying to wash my weight, I'll, I'll I'll go with the cappuccino. But we got a call on the line, so let's go to them early. You're on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Hi, Jack. <clears throat> you just talked about coffee shops and such. We used to go to um, Boston Bagel. They've since moved, and the people who run Boston Bagel now have lollies in. South Dartmouth. Oh, at yes. Corner. Yes. And that's a wonderful family. And the, the son is running that one. And the mom and dad purchased uh, the Country Whip. Ah. In the Kushnet. But I haven't made it out there. But it's a really, really nice family. So I agree. I think I, we should try to support the local people. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's good to support the locals, but um, the locals um, oftentimes are, are mom-and-pop businesses, so they, they have to have some time off, and so oftentimes they're closed on a Sunday or they're closed right. early in the morning. So someone like me who's going to work at 6 o'clock in the morning this morning is looking for someplace to go, and you really can only go to the corporate um, places, mm-hmm. um, uh, Duncan and, and, and Honeydew. But I, I agree with you. I, I try to support local if I can. What time does the baker open downtown? So the baker opens at 7.30. Um, okay. Uh, and he's not open at all on Monday and Tuesdays. Uh, I know Brandon Roderick, who runs the baker very well, and he um, he says his biggest days are the weekend days. The baker is sort of like, I think, a specialty a treat type bakery. That It's almost an old-fashioned French bakery, and the, the product is so good that I think Brandon can... Um, uh, uh, afford to open a little later. Of course, he's now going to open Elizabeth's in Fairhaven. I've heard that. I cannot wait. It's a different concept, though, isn't it? Is it lunch and uh, supper? Yeah, it's or- not going to be a bakery. And, and I've right. been trying to get Brandon to tell me whether the bakery is going to stay. And, and I'm not sure whether... I, I'm sure he's going to do something with it. But, but uh, well, I hope they keep the baker. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've gotten their pastries for, like, when I didn't want to cook. And we were having a family gathering during covid and no one wanted to come in the house we just like set stuff up in the the driveway but it was from the baker but it could be dangerous because i could put on a ton of weight yeah I don't need yeah that. yeah it's a, it's, it, it's a good bakery i also want to mention gulat square bakery in the south end um over near um uh, on river street near uh, ashley park that's a, a very good bakery uh more of a traditional uh, uh bakery that i grew up with with the um uh, cheese Danish and the um, uh, tur- uh, apple turnovers and raspberry turnovers, things like that. Um, you can get those at the baker, uh, but 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 you can also get very fancy French um, oh, uh, uh, croissants and and stuff. It's just amazing what 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 Brandon does over there. Uh, uh, Another but I, good locally owned bakery is Holiday Bakery up in the North End. Holiday and Bakery, they, Holiday. It's right near what used to be the Surrey Shop. Ah, oh, okay. I don't know what part of the near Tarkiln Hill Road, yep, maybe? Yep, Okay, yep. and I think that has a special name, like Ball's Corner or Lund's Corner. I don't know. but Lund's Corner, familiar. yeah. I, and I know 
which bakery you mean because um, I, I'm not in the North End as much as I am downtown and in the South End because it's nearby to me. But right. when I am in the North End, I, I've noticed it before. And it, 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 I've been in there once or twice, I think. And it looks like what? a very nice special occasion. Uh, what I like about it bakery. is that they have those nottish, the Portuguese nottish, which is like a custard cup. Yep. And they have one very similar to that that has passion fruit. And ah. it's really tasty. It's different. But if you like that custard um, texture, which I do, um, it's delicious. And plus, I get to pick up a few more Portuguese phrases when I go in there. Yep. I ask the, the server to say, all right, how do you say this in Portuguese? And then she tells me. And then we all have a good laugh when I try to repeat it. Because I'm all Portuguese, but I didn't grow up speaking the language, but I understand it. Yes. But I, my pronunciation is terrible. Yes. You know, um, my mother was Italian and she didn't grow up speaking. At, I'm from the North Shore originally, so I'm not Portuguese mm -hmm. at all. I'm Irish mm -hmm. and Italian. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, she, she also did not speak the language and she regretted it um, later. Uh, because I think back in the day, uh, people wanted to be Americanized very quickly and, and they did not raise their kids um speaking the language but that's another good one I, I also um uh oh there's another one in my mind that i want to mention and now it's gone out of my mind um uh, lest i forget it but there are a lot of good bakeries around but i i do think that we don't need to look down our noses at dunkin donuts in a pinch um you know you're happy to have their coffee i think well i weakened the other day it was a hot humid day and i thought i've never had a frozen concoction which probably has a gazillion calories and large sugar <laughs> and it was a moment of weakness and i ordered one and my god that was delicious that first hit it was like <laughs> oh this is heaven and i thought i can't do this because you know not so much for the you know it was it was a little pricier than a cup of coffee but it was for the calories and the sugar but it tasted so good yeah that's that's kind of a special treat those things um uh, i think i uh, those of us who are maybe over 40, um, you don't want to have those too often or else um, you'll be packing on well, the I calories. Think you're younger than I am. I think you, <laughs> you said you're 70. Yes. I'm 73 and I went to high school with Peggy. Oh, Peggy, Peggy Medeiros. Yeah, my good friend yeah, Peggy Medeiros. We yeah. knew each other from kin uh, well, from first grade. We didn't have kindergarten at the time in Dartmouth. Oh. We just had first grade, but and I were um, very good friends in elementary school. Oh, well, what a wonderful person Peggy Medeiros is. Uh, She's Pe a gem. Yeah, Peggy is living up in Somerset now, so I, I don't see her as often, but but she's uh, uh, just a wonderful person and, and just a, a first-rate historian uh, of mm -hmm. the local area. She was always very bright from a young kid on. Someday I'll have to, like, text you or send you. I'm not sure what the terminology is, but I have a picture of Peggy at a birthday party, and Peggy's around. I don't know, seven or eight. And uh, I'll show you that picture. All righty. Well, thanks okay. for calling this morning. And uh, stay away from those Dunkin' Donuts uh, special uh, drinks, except on special occasions. <laughs> I know. Take care, Jack. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye -bye. All right, we're going to go to our first break, and we'll be back in just a little bit. It's not Tim, it's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for Tim again. Tim is down in Gettysburg. Uh, he may be on his way back from Gettysburg by now. He's been there with Don with his paranormal friends. Um, uh, having, um, I'm not exactly sure what uh, they're doing down there. I think some sort of a, a gathering or convention. Um, and uh, I can hardly wait for Tim to get back because he'll have all kinds of stories about Gettysburg uh, Thousands of, 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 of both Union and Confederate soldiers, of course, 
lost their lives at Gettysburg. And so if any place um, is a place for the paranormal, you would think that Gettysburg would be. Although uh, Tim tells me that they, they make you be very respectful of of the um, place because as as President Abraham Lincoln said, this is a place where men gave their, quote, last measure of last full measure of devotion uh, for their country. It's uh, it's one of the great speeches of all time, the Gettysburg Address, where, where Lincoln talks about these soldiers who gave their lives um, consecrating the ground or dedicating the ground themselves. Uh, I, I think it may be my favorite uh, uh, political speech of all time. But that's where Tim is. He'll be back tomorrow. So uh, uh, I'm uh, doing my best to, to fill in. Uh, I'm still learning the... Um, the programs. Uh, the, 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 hopefully, I'm getting a little bit better, but uh, uh, I'm an amateur, as they say. Uh, uh, the number is 508-996-0500 in this early morning. The the phone lines are open. Uh, I had a nice call the, uh, a few minutes ago talking about Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I had noticed that they're building a new Dunkin' Donuts off of Route 18, uh, just south of the old Dunkin' Donuts, which has been taken over by Honeydew. Um, this Dunkin' Donuts uh, looks like it's going to replace a, a big cinder blocks building next to the Mutual Gas Station and convenience store down there, uh, wedged between Route 18 and South First Street. It's an area that's right outside where the wind turbines are being built. So I can imagine that, that, that Dunkin' did their market research before they um, decided to locate there. But that, that Route 18 location, as people from the South End are are taken off for points north as they go to work in the morning. Has to be a great, great location. I always liked the Duncan that um, uh, was in the old location um, next to uh, Knuckleheads, um, a little further north on Route 18. But but that, uh, I'm a, I like I like um, Honeydew too. You know, we want to be an equal opportunity praiser here. Um, I, I I do I do think that. Um, the honeydew um, product uh, tastes a little heavier to me uh, than the Dunkin' does. Maybe I'm wrong about that. If you if you have feelings between honeydew and and Dunkin', uh, give me a call. Tell me what your preference is. As I said with the first call, my real preference is the uh, uh, the locally owned bakeries, uh, the Green Beans and the uh, Cafe Arpeggios in downtown New Bedford. Uh, call mentioned Lollies in South Dartmouth. Uh, and uh, Sunrise Bakery is another good one in South Dartmouth. Uh, Flower Girls over in Fairhaven is a good one. Uh, Goulart Square Bakery. Cheapest, there's a lot of bakeries still. A lot of bakeries have closed, but there's still a lot of locally owned places that you can go uh, to get that that home-owned product. But very few of them are open at 4 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning when people who um, work in the... Um, uh, what do they call what do they call them during the the COVID pandemic? The um, not the first responders, the um, oh the frontline workers, the frontline workers that tend to work in those jobs um, from six o'clock in the morning. I can see Adam Bass is coming into the newsroom, so we'll have him uh, uh, shortly at six thirty. Uh, um, coming up with the news, I have to get used to the schedule um, in the early mornings where you have a half hour news break and. Um, in the, in the later day shows that I filled in, it's only an hour news break. So um, 
Adam's going to be right on top of that. We have another 30 seconds to go, so uh, I'm going to have to filibuster for a bit. So anyway, um, I do want to tease um, Brian Fraga, local reporter, who is now a national reporter for National Catholic Reporter, who's going to be here at 8 o'clock to tell us what's going on in the Catholic Church. This is still a predominantly Catholic region, although maybe a little bit less so than in the past. And um, uh, Brian will be here. He's a former... Uh, New Bedford Standard Times uh, reporter, where he worked with me, and um, also a reporter at the Herald News in Fall River. So uh, Brian will tell us about Pope Francis uh, appointing new cardinals and the big synod. Synod is a, a fancy word for a um, a big meeting of the leaders of the council of the church, which are going to include women for the first time this year. So we'll see what Brian has to say about that when he comes in. And we'll see what Adam has to say shortly about the um, the big news stories on the South Coast this morning. Russia has pulled out of a deal that allowed Ukraine to export grain from its ports through the Black Sea. The deal, brokered by the United Nations, was officially set to expire at 5 p.m. local Moscow time on Monday. The Russian government notified the United Nations, Turkey, and Ukraine of their intention to let the deal expire. The deal was made during the Russian invasion of Ukraine as a measure to stabilize food prices throughout the world. Also in Ukraine, the Crimean Bridge, which connects Crimea to Russia, has been hit again by two strikes on Monday morning. Vladimir Konstantinov, head of the State Council of the Republic of Crimea, put the blame on Ukraine for the attack. Two deaths were confirmed. Ukraine has not said it conducted the attacks. This is the second time this year that the bridge was struck by an attack. The male suspect accused of fatally shooting four people in Georgia has been killed following a manhunt. Authorities made the announcement Sunday saying the monster is dead. Law enforcement tracked down the man to a location in the area and exchanged gunfire with him twice before he was neutralized. The suspect had been accused of killing three men and one woman Saturday in Hampton, about 30 miles south of Atlanta. The final phase of the trial for convicted Pittsburgh Tree of Life synagogue shooter Robert Bowers is getting underway today. Jurors will decide whether he will be put to death for killing 11 worshippers and injuring others in October of 2018. Last week, the jury deliberated for less than two hours before deciding that Bowers had the intent to kill when he carried out the shooting, making him eligible for capital punishment. Prosecutors say they will likely take about two and a half days to present arguments in favor of a death sentence. Defense attorneys say they will spend five to seven days going over mitigating evidence. This is the first Monday in over six decades that members of the Actors Union and the Writers Guild of America are on strike at the same time. The SAG-AFTRA walkout took effect Thursday at 12 midnight, while the WGA strike has been ongoing for months now. Both unions are striking against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which represents networks, studios, and streaming services. Showbiz observers fear the labor stalemate could last several months as the unions and AMPTP remain divided on several issues, including calls for revised residual formulas for streaming content and protections against the use of artificial intelligence in film and TV production. And a ferocious-looking creature with a lot of teeth and 486 legs has been discovered in Southern California. 
The newly named Los Angeles Thread Millipede is white with a green tint, translucent, and has a frightening shaped head and glows in the dark. Scientists says there's nothing to worry about. It has a thin piece of sewing thread and about an inch long. They live in soil, weaving around and looking for food. The newly discovered invertebrate is related to lobsters and joins 12,000 other millipede species that were previously known to scientists. In sports, the Red Sox wrapped up their series against the Chicago Cubs last night with a 11-5 win. They now face off against the Oakland Athletics, first pitch tonight at 9.40. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. As we head through the day today, we're going to see a mixture of sun and clouds. It's going to be humid with a few pop-up spot showers here and there through the afternoon. High of 85. Overnight tonight, mostly cloudy and humid. Low of 69. And for tomorrow, humid with a mixture of sun and clouds with a spot thunderstorm in the late afternoon. High of 82. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 72 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. So, Adam, I, I've wanted to talk to you about uh, the upcoming city election. Is this going to be another sleepy election in New Bedford? Well, you know, the thing is, is that it's a waiting game. It depends on what Mayor John Mitchell does. I remember when everyone was looking at the governor's election back in 2022, it was a waiting game to see what former Governor Charlie Baker did. It's interesting because a lot of uh, incumbents in Massachusetts like to wait until the last minute to announce so that they have an edge when going up for election. They want as little competition as possible. But it is interesting because a lot of mayors have already announced election throughout the South Coast earlier than expected. You know, you have Mayor Paul Coogan of Fall River and Mayor Shauna O'Connell, who was originally supposed to announce election in June, but due to her daughter going missing, that had to be postponed for a bit. Yeah, you know, Mitchell has plenty of money, and I suppose the more money you have, the longer you can afford to wait. But if he isn't going to run now, he's really kept people who need to raise the money kind of waiting in the wings. It, all, it also hurts uh, voters who don't know how they're going to vote. Obviously, voters like to wait until the last minute. But at the same time, it, it's important to know who is running, especially because, you know, a lot of these candidates that are running, the six that I mentioned at the six o'clock hour, they have not r- held a public office before. They aren't as well known as someone like Tony Cabral, who's currently the state legislator for New Bedford, or Brian Gomes, who has ran for mayor multiple times. Yeah, I looked at that list that that, that you showed me, and I didn't see any uh, people who had high name recognition. And, of course, it would be an uphill battle for those types of candidates. That's not to say they couldn't win, but it would be unusual if they did. And, and, you know, it's funny. If you follow the city council meetings, you would think that Mayor Mitchell was the most unpopular person on the face of the earth. But he seems to have been reelected five times and now... I, I guess, seems to be the favorite. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's hard for me in, to envision that he's not running again when it's this late in the filing period. Well, you know, Jack, unlike us political junkies, the reality is that a lot of people may not go to city council. After all, they're, <laughs> they're, held, they're held on Thursdays. It's 6, 7 o'clock. A lot of them are parents that need to put their kids to bed, have dinner. You know, as much as I and you love to go to city council and report on these things, the truth of the matter is, is that many people, they don't pay attention because they're busy with their pocketbook and their kitchen table. And, you know, that's what politicians talk about, kitchen table issues. They have better things to do. (laughs) Okay, nice talking to you, Adam. 
for those of us who don't have a life and do go to city council meetings, um, it's a, uh, it's a uh, subject of endless fascination, the ins and outs of the city council and their relationship uh, with whoever the incumbent mayor is. I've been here for 24 years, and I, I can't remember a, a single mayor in a single city council, no matter who was in the council, no matter who was mayor, that got along with each other. Maybe it's the nature of the relationship. It's sort of um, two, two di- separate uh, roles, two separate centers of power, and maybe they just um, have a natural tension there. I think that there are possibilities for them to get along better than they are. But right now, we have, a, we have quite a bit of um, new faces for the council race, but not so much for the mayor's race. Um, I just want to run down a couple of the, uh, the the new faces that we have for the council. Bruce Duart Jr., a former Ward 4 councillor, uh, has thrown his hat in the ring. Scott Lima, a Ward 5 councillor who wants to uh, jump up, so to speak, to the at-large race, has thrown his hat in. Um, so that's two people who conceivably could take one of the five council, at-large council seats. Um, all the at-large councillors have taken out papers. So that that race seems to have percolated a little bit more than others. Of course, we also have um, former Ward 6 Councilor Joe Lopes uh, 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 getting out early in the Ward 5 race. He has signs all over Ward 5, which is a ward that I live near. Um, and uh, uh, we also have Zach Boyer in, in that race, a progressive candidate who um, uh, just had a baby. Congratulations, uh, uh, Zach. Uh, Zach is involved in a lot of um, uh, forward-looking uh, uh, topics um, and causes uh, on the South Coast. Uh, I think it would be fair to call Joe a, a more moderate counselor. Uh, so that will be an interesting race in Ward 5. Uh, haven't really seen a whole lot in the... The school committee yet. I noticed that Chris Carter, uh, I thought a little bit late in the game. I, I didn't know whether he would run for a third term, but it, it looks like he is. So I think the action, and up in Ward 1, we have, um, uh, oh my God, he's going to kill me because I'm, I'm drawing a blank. We have Brad Markey and, um, uh, oh boy, uh, I'm having a senior moment. Uh, call, call, call me and, and, and tell me, but very well-known candidate, former planning board member, uh, 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 seeking to, to run up there. Uh, so we, we have candidates um, seeking to run, but but not in the mayor's office so far. So it looks like um, another four-year term uh, uh, for Mayor Mitchell, uh, who I think has been a good good mayor. Uh, I disagree with him on, on any number of things. Um, uh, most recently, um, you know, we had a, uh, we talked about this a lot last week, um, the situation with the a uh, former police officer who was hired in the Department of, of Fleet and uh, Facilities and Fleet Management to be a park, a park um, worker, uh, Stephen Greeny. Uh, that was a guy who had turned in a fellow police officer uh, to a drug dealer for a bribe. That's not, you know, I, I'm all for giving people a second chance. I'm all for... Uh, rehabilitation and, and as Carl Alves, our guest last week, said, people have to work somewhere. People have to be able to support themselves, but perhaps not in the city of New Bedford if you have been a, a police officer who's gone bad. But but you have um, uh, the mayor in reaction to that because he was not informed, inappropriately not informed, in my opinion, uh, uh, coming out with a policy that from now on, the department heads in the personnel department have to inform the mayor 
if uh, they make a hire of someone who is a, a convicted felon. That's a good... Uh, the, the only thing that I have a little bit of a um, problem with is that they have to be informed in writing. And I think that politically that makes it almost impossible for any mayor to to appoint a, a convicted felon of any sort. And like any other crime, all, all, all crimes are not equal and all uh, felons are not equal and, you know, all people who have reformed are not equal. Some people have genuinely reformed and, and some people have not. So, so uh, I disagree with the mayor a little bit on that policy. It's interesting how, um, uh, you know, this talk show monologue uh, can be like a free-flowing, uh, uh, you go from one topic to another, it just whatever is, is on your mind. But we have open lines this morning. Give me a call at 508-996-0500. It looks like the sun is trying to to come out here. Uh, uh, this dreary summer of rain on the south coast we are, we are having. If you have any feelings about that, uh, give me a call. Uh, this is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, it's the 6 o'clock hour. Maybe the uh, callers haven't uh, woken up yet. We've been talking about a number of things. Um, a good friend of mine told me that uh, I need to slow down in my monologue. So let me try to, to do that. You know, it's, it's sort of funny. You, you have um, dead ear. It's sort of like a, uh, you're at a party and the conversation lulls and you think, jeepers, um, uh, this person's going to either find out how boring I really am or they're going to... Um, uh, think I don't like them, and and so you, you you say something that doesn't have any great significance just to fill up the air. So I hope I'm not doing that this morning. I do have a caller on the line. You're next on on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, I just wanted to let you know that the Sunrise on Dartmouth Street is no longer open. The bu- oh. the building is for sale. Really? We're devastated. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What about the one in the South End? One in the South End is still open on Bolton Street, and um, they used to be open at four thirty or five in the morning. Wow! So they're still going along, but um, the one on Dartmouth Street is no longer. Oh boy! I'm glad you did that. You, you, you let me know that. You know, I, I did. Now that I think of of it, this old brain, um, uh, uh, I realized that that. Um, uh, I did read something about Sunrise closing, and that, that really surprises me because, by any measure, that was a very successful business, not not just from the um, bakery, which all kinds of people used, but the coffee shop was always full always of folks. Always busy. Yeah. Yes. Well, there are many reasons, from what I understand. I've known these people since I was a young girl, and um, they're just lovely family. Ugh. And but uh, it's usually not just one thing. It's, sure. It's usually well. Look, we've just lost Christmas Street Shop and now yes. Bed Bath & Beyond. So it just seems to be not only a sign of the times, it just seems to be the way it goes with businesses. It's, it's, yeah. They're so, here, then they're not. I, th- I think, I, but, but Sunrise was a little different, I think. Um, they were successful for many, many years. But I, I, I think oh, yeah. I read somewhere that the average time of a... Um, uh, a restaurant business is three years, so they do wow. come and go. That, thanks for that information, caller. I appreciate it. I've got to go to a break, but you're welcome. But, but we'll talk to you next time. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh. 
All right. It's uh, not want to talk to Tim. It's want to talk to Jack Spillane, uh, filling in for Tim Weisberg, uh, who will be back tomorrow. Uh, Tim's down in Gettysburg. I have a call on the line. Let's go. You're next on WBSM. You're on the air. All right. Let's go to this, uh, this one. You're on with Jack Spillane on WBSM. Hi, Jack. Good morning. Hi, Shanae. How are you? Oh, I'm just waking up, honey. <laughs> but any anyway, um, you know, I think the baker's doing very well in that department downtown. Boy, is that a great bakery. Yeah, I hear that's real they're really booming. Yeah, it's it's almost like a fancy French bakery in, in, in Boston or New York or something. Um, what I wanted to say though, Jack, was that um I noticed you were talking about um um, you know, the the Packer program, right? And um, I and you you also had that on once before when you were hosting the show and, last Friday. Um, yep. Yeah, and another time too, you were discussing that. But anyway, I feel like you do. Everybody deserves a second chance, and there's hope for everybody. And um, when I said that the other day on um, um, Jessica's show, I said, "Well, I think we should pray for the president." and his family because you know i have empathy and even though i raised my son up good and he's a hard worker and all none of us know what's going to happen there but for the grace of god go i what is that Jack? there but for the grace of god go i right that's always been my philosophy it's a cliche that you hear that that any problem that people have you know, whether it's a work problem or, or illness or drug addiction or something that they've done that was illegal, there but for the grace of God go I. Because all of us are human beings and all of us are imperfect except for, uh, if you're a Christian, Jesus and Mary. So, so uh, uh, and some people say not even Mary. So, uh, so there but for the grace of God go I for any problem that we have. Right, and I agree because, like, I and even though there's a lot of, I don't like all this making fun of everything going on, you know, and I, I think it's um, ridiculous myself. You know, rather, I, I'm really glad. You, I'm really glad you said that, Shanae, because uh, you know, I when I was younger as a columnist, I, 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 you know, thought I wanted to be one of those wise guy columnists and would emulate, you know, some of the wisecracking, you know, guy columnists, and you know, a lot of it was really humor at the expense of other people, putting other people down. And the older I got, the the, the more I was in the business, I, I tried, you know, I didn't always succeed, but I tried to be humble about, about the way I was writing and uh, tried to be humble when I'm filling in on the air because uh, I, I, I just think that, you know, we're, we're losing our identity as one country, as one group of people. And we're thinking that, uh, if we're liberal, we think the conservatives are evil. If we're conservative, we think the liberals are evil. And I think that's a recipe for disaster for this country. Yes. Well, I just wanted to make that comment that, that you know, that's what, what I, I feel the way you do. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody does, Shanae. It'd be, be awful to be out there all alone. Shanae, while I have you, which do you, which do you like, Dunkin' Donuts or Honeydew? Neither one of those. I like uh, Market Baskets Donuts. Okay, okay, you go for... Well, Market Basket is almost locally owned. They're a Massachusetts company. They're not quite... Um, they are somewhat corporate, but not, not as corporate as someplace like Dunkin' Donuts, which also began in Massachusetts, for that matter. Yeah, 
But I like their coffee, Dunkin' Donuts. It's good I don't coffee. Like Starbucks. You like Starbucks? It's a, it's, it's a little strong. It'll put hair on your chest or someplace else. <laughs> I don't okay. need that. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I'll be listening. All right. Thanks, Renee. We're going to okay. go to a break. <laughs> All right. We're back. It's uh, Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, but earlier, I uh, forgot the name of Leo Pelletier uh, running. Not Leo Pelletier. Uh, Leo... Uh, I've still forgotten it. <laughs> How embarrassing. Leo Chiquette, uh running for Ward 1 Counselor. So I um, apologize for that. I do want to tease um, our guest in the 8 o'clock hour, Brian Fraga from uh, the uh, National Catholic Reporter is going to be here. Brian is a local reporter who reported for many years uh, with the Standard Times and the, the Herald News in Fall River. And he is now a national reporter for the National Catholic Reporter which is a, a nationwide publication about Catholic Church news. Uh, many of you out there are Catholics. This is still a Catholic area, even though many of the um, churches have closed. So it'll be interesting. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.